Hello, this is your host, Donna Barr, and welcome to A Bazillion Ghost Stories. Does anybody really know a bazillion ghost stories? But then again, aren't all stories set in the past ghost stories? Whenever I see discussions about race, uh, various other people are asking the white people who are actually and obviously in our society, the privileged class, not to get involved. The problem is you end up with not knowing about all the worms in our heads. And I'm not talking about little earthworms or grubs, um, anything mildly useful and or disgusting. I'm talking sandworms. I'm talking dune. We have stuff in our heads you need to learn about because I have recently seen uh, a situation in which uh, us white people were... uh, doing another dumb costume thing about native traditions and uh, the natives thought that it would all be taken care of if the older white people just got up and talked to their people the same way that natives listen to their elders and that didn't go anywhere because i don't think natives understand how much our society disrespects the elderly We all saw that during COVID where everybody was going to be perfectly happy if we got wiped out. But it's not the way that works because most of us would have had some kind of viral immunity from the 1968, uh, I think it was bird or swine flu uh, debacle. So let me show you how I was a kind of a clueless white person at this situation in Nia Bay. I was working as a journalist at the time and I'm up in Nia Bay and I see the community center. And various people are leaving. I know there must have been a meeting. And of course, I'm going to go, oh, let me see if I can get a meeting here that I can then put in the paper. And maybe they got something they want me to share. Because very often they did. People in Nia Bay, uh, which are the macaws, still ask me if I'm still a journalist. And I says, no, because they don't pay me anymore. They ran out of money. I do not get me into sound publishing and a Canadian logging consortium. Well, I'm going to have to put that in my notes because I'm going to have to describe uh, a full-on newspaper attack on our country. Anyway, this... Uh, Lovely person came out, um, very obviously a um, a plains person, and he had the most beautiful ribbon shirt on, and uh, his hair all down uh, in the plain style, um, not anything done with it. It was just long black hair. And I walked over him and I asked him what was going on, and he says, "Well, we're talking about you know how." two-spirited people are trying to get their identity back within the tribe and uh, oh by the way the truck that just went by i have found the best place to record is in the car because it is a very good sound studio um although i have to have the windows open because i'm using the wi-fi from the library while i download other podcasts yes we are multitasking up here so i didn't even think about it. I just, I realized what they were going through because I know what my culture did. And I just said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what we did and why you have to go through this, why you have to reclaim what's yours. And of course, there's a whole lot of other things they could reclaim while they were at it, um, including bus routes, but we won't get into that right now. And this large, heavy, tall man fell on my neck, threw his arms around my, my, uh, back and began to weep, weep hard. And, um, And I did not realize that having somebody of the privileged class just saying, 
I'm sorry. I recognize what we did, and I'm sorry. Uh, this is something that was important, and this was something that he needed to hear. So I'm just right off the bat admitting my own ignorance about this, and I will be demonstrating that in this particular podcast. So this is, you know, pale face shenanigans, and uh, I got some other stories to tell. So that's the intro, uh, along with some of the stuff I'm doing up here. And um, welcome to the podcast. I hope you're ready. Okay, here's the moment for the sound publishing thing. Um, there was a Canadian logging consortium that bought sound publishing. And it has had a good time screwing up American newspapers, including the Seattle Weekly, which disappeared. And so they want to be in charge of the story about what's going on in the forests. And they have reduced the Forks Forum down to the point where you've just got an editor. And I've been begging people for years to send in their stories and send in their photos. Stop complaining that I don't get any coverage because the editor cannot magically transport herself to an entire peninsula, which is the size of three East Coast states. So if you if you wonder what's going on with our news out here, it is very much in the control of a Canadian logging consortium. And by the way, when it comes to logging, uh, maybe you guys get a bit better get out of that because... If all you can sell your trees for now is toilet paper, more and more people are using bidets, especially those of us with anal cramps and hemorrhoids, and they don't want to use the toilet paper anymore. And before anybody says that that's wasteful of water, no, it's not, because it takes a heck of a lot more water to turn a tree into toilet paper. Uh, turning trees into paper is the worst thing that was ever done with the lungs of our planet. So... Um, you got to kind of watch out for some of these organizations. It's just not sound publishing. Recently, I've kind of lost um, another good friend because she's gone totally transphobe. Uh, I don't know if she knows any transsexual people. I don't know if she knows what they're going through, but she just got a book rejected because she blonded a comic book about her beliefs and she doesn't seem to realize this isn't cancel culture this is a decent publisher who just doesn't want to be associated with that garbage and uh i had another old friend and this guy uh long ago he went off the deep end and i'll tell you it's because of an addiction it's a gun addiction believe you me guns are addictive you're i am not an addictive personality which is the only reason i wouldn't be getting into them and i have uh, fired more different kinds of guns than anybody has and i find that fireworks are a lot more fun because uh, you don't have to do all that stupid maintenance and uh, possibly be looking at lawsuits if a bullet flies across town and hits somebody's cat or goes in through the window and hits a baby because that's always the possibility and every gun addict i know seems to think that once the bullet leaves the chamber they're still in control of it no you're not you're just absolutely not so anyway my friend um got nutty about the guns and no i'm i'm just going to be using the they pronoun because it could be anybody you know you've seen people in congress female who are gun addicts in the world's worst way and uh, so this person got caught at the, I think it was California-Nevada border, something like that. But 
car was full of guns. And by the way, the friend is, was not at the time an American citizen. And so everybody got thrown into a camp where they had immigrants and everything else in there. And this friend saw themselves as much put upon. And um, after a lot of stuff that uh, they'd been doing, they got shipped out of the country and told they couldn't come back in. Well, there was a lot of finagling went on. Meanwhile, this person is just furious about how dare they be thrown out for, you know, practicing an American freedom that they thought they could come get. And uh, they got thrown out. But what happened was they managed to come in back through Canada and they got let back in. And all I can think of is one of their relatives was running for a high office in their country. And you remember uh, Bubba, Buddy Carter, Bubba Carter, Jimmy Carter's brother, um, that he didn't want him near him in any kind of political way. So I'm thinking there might have been some finagling there to, uh, to let this person back in the country who is now a, uh, a complete and utter gun freak without any kind of acknowledgement about what is going on in this country with guns, just thinks that they are completely not responsible for any of this, even though they are subverting the market that promotes these horrible things uh, to the point of, by the way, go look at hunting magazines, the hatred and fishing magazines, the hatred they have for animals. They talk about in fishing when they're selling hooks, oh, hook them in the face and you know, the no trespassing signs when people do not want hunting on their property. Um, they got a, an advertisement that shows a pheasant getting blown away and it says no shelter. And this is the kind of mindset we're working with. And by the way, when this person got thrown in the camp to be held until they knew what to do with him, um, them, <laughs> I gave that away. Well, it doesn't matter. That's usually the case. Uh, another friend bailed their ass out and uh, I guess didn't that didn't get paid back or anything like that. I know too many loons, and there's too many people associated with this group. Um, I'm associated with the kind of people who once tried to sell me a German half-track just because it was in Tacoma, and it's like, just because I draw the damn things doesn't mean I want to own them. So anyway, this person um, sends me Christmas cards every single year, and is just furious that I will not answer. I keep an opening the cards, I keep looking at it, and sooner or later, in the little family letter, what else? There we go, bragging out about the guns we got. Um, and it's like, no, I'm not going to answer you. I don't want to know you. So I saw the gun addict on the um, the farts uh, page, and fart means um, feminism appropriating radical transphobes because they are not TERFs. They are not feminists. Um, this is not a TERF battle. So I saw this person on the uh, on the farts page agreeing with this and talking about cancel culture. Yeah, you don't you don't like being in our bar on Facebook. You don't like being in a bar where we, where we try to treat people decently. You know, there's plenty of MAGA groups out there. Go join them. Go whine and complain about how your little nastiness has been. You know, you've been kept been kept from acting like this. You're the you're the schoolyard bully. That's who you are. You've heard bullshit about other people. Uh, I no doubt. Uh, you know, imagine the next thing you'll be doing is claiming that drag queens are grooming kids or some shit like this. The only thing a drag queen ever grooms a kid for is to uh, treat them to be decent people and enjoy music and dance. And just because you mistake women dancing for whores, as is in your mind, doesn't mean that they, they're thinking about sex. They're just having fun with the, with the costumes. And believe you and me, they are not making fun of female stereotypes. They're making fun of 
the divas and the way women used to have to dress. They used to, we all used to have to pile the hair up, but you had to have three pieces of underwear that were in your gender, whether you were male or female, people were watching your underwear all the time. So this, this is what we're dealing with. So if you want to go join a MAGA group, go do it. Yeah, I'm a social justice warrior and damn it, I'm woke too. I'm woke as hell because I'm not asleep. Well, we've got an episode about how screwy people can be. And let me tell you one time in high school, I was sitting with a group of friends and we were talking about various incidences at home. And one of them described a bad situation and meant it as a bad situation, uh, how their parakeet was flying out of the, around the house and flew right into where their mom was making french fries and flew right into the deep fry fat and they had an instant fried parakeet. And I bet you're starting to laugh because we were all laughing so hard we had to pound each other on the back because we nearly choked to death. Not that we really found it funny, but I imagine laughter in the human species originally came from a time when we were hooting in distress to get other other apes to sympathize with us because why else would you laugh at a thing like that? Speaking of more kids stories, another one where I was living with my sister, uh, I would sometimes on certain days for certain activities would wait for my brother-in-law to pick me up uh, from where he was working in a garage and uh one time he didn't pick me up for three hours i could have walked home in that time but i was sitting there being extremely cold and thinking i don't want the man to think i've got lost because that had happened with me before especially as a little bitty kid my sister had to run off and help with one of the other kids in a park where there was a long trail and i just you know after about 10 minutes of waiting i shrugged and walked off down the trail back to where we were camping and the whole place was panicking, and of course I walked in because I don't get lost. I've got that natural human circular thing I do, which is the reason you go in a circle, is like you walk into a forest in the woods, and if you, you think you're lost, you just sit down, reprogram your brain, and get up and stroll back, and it will take you in a circle back to the road because it takes you back to your tribe. Your only trouble is if you've been camping in a certain spot because sleeping reboots the system. Anyway, I was waiting for three hours. He finally came and picked me up. And this wouldn't seem odd, except I was raised Catholic. And you're into the martyrdom. You want to see how long you can take suffering. I remember kneeling on the foot benches. And I think I'm forgetting terms at this point. Um in the pews and holding my feet up off the ground so it strained my calves just seeing how long I could do that. Then again I also had a tendency to read the rosary over two or three times until I went into a trance because God knows the worst thing you have to listen to is Catholic sermon some guy up there fanboying in the worst way possible. And I'll tell you, the worst thing you can possibly listen to is a sermon during a Catholic funeral. Because, especially if they've got the kind of people being buried that they might not like, um, like a friend who died of AIDS, uh, his funeral, more or less, the priest was hinting that he's probably not going to go to heaven because he's a gay guy. 
I remember this guy. However, he ran a um, ran a gallery in, in uh, Bremerton, and as he was dying, and I don't know, does you know how tuberculosis makes you beautiful? Does AIDS make you cheerful or joking? Because this has happened more than once that I've seen. And this guy said that he really liked the fact that the doctor told him that he could eat anything he wanted. So he says, hey, I can drink all the milkshakes I want and eat all the ice cream and the butter and cheese, and I can still look svelte. Um, that's been my experience. I don't know if they're just keeping a stiff upper lip, but that seems to be what happens. Anyway, I was also thinking about when artificial suffering is dealt with i was listening to and this is why we drink podcast which i adore that thing it's a bunch of women screaming while they drink and telling horrible stories horrible murder stories which is the only way you can listen to them i think i just told a story about laughing your butt off about a fried parakeet anyway the hazing story was about a kid who got tied up and then run over by a train simply because the idiot uh hazers did not check uh, all the train schedules, they did not realize that the train schedules did not cover just the trains that were running that people would know to get on. They also had maintenance trains, which weren't scheduled. So they had this kid tied up on a railroad track. And uh, that just happened to be the 10 minutes when the train went through and then they had to pick up all the pieces. But they were wondering, uh, the women were wondering, what the heck is with these idiot hazing rituals that men go through? Well, come on, people women automatically go through a hazing ritual. I mean, you're going to go into menstruation. Uh, you're going to be bleeding. If nobody told you what's happening, you're going to think you're dying. The pain can be worse than kidney stones. So, I don't know, maybe the guys, the guys think that they have no actual suffering as they become adults, that maybe they think they have to join the club. And speaking of boys' clubs... Uh, I don't know if anybody has ever heard of the Odd Fellows. Again, it was, uh, I believe it was the And This Is Why We Drink podcast. Um, by the way, highly recommended, funnier than hell and wonderfully done. Um, but the Odd Fellows were a beneficent society that would put money together. They were charity to, uh, to help uh, the elderly, to help orphans, to help hospitals. And they were a good bunch, but um, you kind of had to to work for them a while before you could even get in and be in one of the hazing rituals. It's kind of like the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, uh, in which you have to, before you even become a full nun, um, you have to spend several years as a novitiate. Well, the Odd Fellows were kind of like that, too. You had to f spend five years. And then they would have hazing rituals. And this has reminded, uh, reminded me, because about ten years ago, I think it was, uh, up in my hometown of Everett, somebody in an old storage area, I think it was a basement or something in one of the public buildings, they found a coffin with a skeleton in it. And everybody was freaking out about it possibly being a murder. But no, this is just the place that the Odd Fellows held their hazing rituals. And one of the things was like, oh, you have to look at a skeleton. It was like the skeleton at the feast. See, someday you'll be dead. And so, therefore, do good while you're alive. So, you never know whether a skeleton might show up. Which reminds me of the time when I was working at the University of Washington, and there was a little German guy there that I worked with through the night shift. And he decided one night to scare me with a skeleton, but I had an earlier story here where I told you I already scared myself with a skeleton. So you never know where one of these things is going to show up, whether it's plastic or fake or real. Uh, there's a lot of bones out there.
It's like uh, one native guy talking about all these programs where people say they're cursed or the, the driving motion for the program is it's on an Indian burial ground. And he said, are you kidding? The whole place is an Indian burial ground. Would you like to be part of this podcast? You can go to anchor.fm slash Donna-Bar and you can leave me a voice message with your story that can become part of this podcast. If you would rather have me read it, send a PDF or PDFA, double-spaced, larger type to DonnaBar01 at gmail.com. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash DonnaBar. And finally, if you would like to know anything about what I've done in my life that has to do with my work, conventions, etc., go to DonnaBar.com. Hope to see you there. I will also put all this information in the program notes. A spooky 